We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This podcast is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline, the fastest, easiest, and safest way to bet on all things sports. With March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day right around the corner, Bet Online has all the latest news, scores, and odds to help you win big. The best part? You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Head over to betonline.ag and use your promo code BLUEWIRE to revive your literal free money. Plus, signing up is a great way to support the Laker Film Room podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at betonline.ag. BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores, the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag. I'm Pete, joined as always by Darius. Today, we're going to preview. Lakers got quite the schedule coming up over the next seven games. I, I think it's kind of a dress rehearsal for the playoffs. And before we record again, the Lakers will play the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Clippers. So we're going to preview those games. Let's start with the game against Milwaukee. In the first and only other matchup that the Lakers played them, the Lakers lost by, gosh, I think it was seven, but it was the end of a five-game road trip. And Anthony Davis didn't play the day before because they were they were playing the Pacers. Lakers almost won that, but blew that down the stretch. Uh, but yeah, end of a five-game road trip, AD's dinged up. Lakers, you know, it, it wasn't, they didn't get blown out. Although at points of the game they did, but Milwaukee definitely kept them at arm's distance. This time, Lakers have two days off prior to playing Milwaukee, and they're at home. They're they're rested. They're good conditions, right? To 
gauge this as a there's nothing that's going on with the Lakers that would be like, hey, this is, you know, no reason to count this game. I, I'm really counting these these two games because the Clippers are, are playing well, too. So with Milwaukee, what do Lakers need to do to flip the outcome? That's a good question because I actually think one of the biggest keys to the loss against the Bucks was, I think Giannis hit five or six threes mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. game. Yeah, five, yeah. You and I talk a lot about like results and sort of like, how are you operating within the game plan? And are mm-hmm. you being true to your scheme? And if a player or a team still beats you by doing the things that you want them to do defensively, you, that's a sort of tip your cap game. Mm-hmm. The Lakers went under screens on Giannis. They played off of him. The, Giannis definitely still got some stuff going to the basket and drew some fouls. But I thought that defensively, the Lakers game plan was sound against him and he hit shots anyway. So mm-hmm. when you're asking me what the Lakers need to do, I'd almost flip it and say they need to hope that Giannis doesn't go five for seven or five sure. for nine or right, whatever right. from the three point line. Again, like there's a lot of things the Lakers can do, um, but these are the same things they need to do every game, I feel like, to be effective. If there's one thing I feel like is most important against the Bucs is that the Bucs are a fantastic transition team. They're mostly led by Giannis. They play at a fast pace. They need to be better in transition defensively mm-hmm. than what they've been. They need to be more attentive. Mm-hmm. The Bucs are a strong defensive rebounding team. Giannis is a dominant defensive rebounder, and that's mostly because the other bigs that he plays next to are great box-out bigs. The mm-hmm. Lakers know this because that's what Brooke Lopez was for them when he was with them. So Lopez does a lot of boxing out. Giannis does a lot of grabbing going. He mm-hmm. like It's just what they do. And so I think the Lakers need to be smart about how often they crash the offensive boards. And I think that they need to be dedicated to getting back with multiple players to really cut off driving lanes for Giannis in transition. Because if they're not stopping him in between the three-point line and the logo in terms of making him change directions and mm-hmm. or give You got to turn the him. That's up. the basketball turn, right? He's like, turn your guy at least once because then he's not, doesn't. it breaks his momentum. Yes. And so if you're not turning him, he's either going to get to the rim or he's going to collapse you far enough where he opens up the guys who are running to the three-point line. And that's where the Bucks can really hurt the Lakers. I'm not saying that the game is going to come down to only that, but if there's an area where I want the Lakers specifically to be sharp, it is that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's absolutely the case. And the Lakers have the size to build a formidable wall to keep him from doing that. And w- when they have really respected a team in transition, they've they've done that. Heck, even against Giannis the first time, he wasn't killing us in transition in that first game. Lakers were very attentive to that. But yeah, when he goes five for eight from three, that's, you know, like you yeah. said, it's a tip, tip your cap type of thing. In both of these games against Milwaukee and the Clippers, I am having the second quarter circled because the Lakers lost that quarter to Milwaukee, 42 to 29. It's a quarter where the Clippers have made a lot of headway, especially the first part of that quarter when they've played the Lakers. And I think that this is a game where we're going to see the value to whatever degree of the addition of Markeith Morris and pushing Kuz down to the three. 
Milwaukee's a team that goes well out of their way to protect the basket. They, they have a ton of size and they commit to like, we're okay with giving up threes. We're going, you have to hit threes to be able to beat us, which is going to be true of the Lakers, right? Danny Green was like seven for 12 from three. It was one of those games where he caught fire when they played Milwaukee, but everybody else was five for 23, right? And AD went 0 for six from three. Um, Milwaukee, LeBron went three for seven. Uh, I think he hit a couple down the stretch, uh, but they, they will let you have that. And they'll be happy to let you have that. The Lakers need to be able to hit shots with size, which is why Morris in part is important. It's important that Kuz figures out, uh, like, I don't know, man, I, I'm, I'm starting to, Kuz did not play in that game. Um, but I, I am starting to lose some faith in in coups like it, the, the times keep been, it keep it pete tell me keep talk to me talk to me because because i know, you, know you are you're the last on on coups on coups island and uh sure we, sure. we, we may need to come everyone's got an island we got to come up with a different principality for that but uh no it sounds like a you, bunker to me because it it, it, yeah, <laughs> you're alone you're alone you got a little <laughs> hole in the ground is what you got now and that's and right I'm and to, i like, think i dug it to, like, i dug it myself space. i'm like this this guy's gonna get me killed i gotta get out of here <laughs> You were the Byron Scott to my crappy Lakers team of of bunker talk, right? Where right. Byron was on some, oh, don't want to be in a bunker with these guys. That's Pete right, right there. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, like, look, Kuz has not been playing necessarily. He he has not been playing well. There's no caveats to put in front of, of that. He shot poorly. Um, mm-hmm. I thought there were a couple of things. Uh, he shot poorly in the last game. I should right. say, and he's been shooting poorly, so that's neither here nor there. Whenever I say, oh, Coots isn't making his shot this game, someone always responds with an asterisk in my mentions and says, every game? Like, uh-huh. you mistype that? I mean, he's um, shooting 31% from three, man. Like, Yeah, he's better from the corners. He, you know, I haven't looked at his corner numbers lately. He was in the mid to high 40s on corner threes for a while there. It's just that an overwhelming number of his three-point shots come from above the break. And he missed a bunch of those in the last game. And it's frustrating. Like, it's frustrating to watch him play this poorly. I thought he competed defensively. I thought he, he had does. a couple of bro. He's gotten he's gotten better on all that stuff, but that's not just not what he does. It's like it's good for for coups, right? Because he needs to I'm put with the ball you. in the bucket. I'm with you. And this is why I'm saying I want him to keep shooting. I want him to continue to play with some semblance of confidence. I mm. want him to continue to remain aggressive. I thought it was important that Vogel did not pull him from the last game and let him close. Right. Mm-hmm. He had hit, he had missed a corner three that like he probably missed that shot by an inch and a half. It hit the heel from the corner. It sort of rattled out. He took a very suspect walk up three pointer when mm-hmm. a guy was playing off of him, like six feet. He walked mm-hmm. right in to it and missed it. And it was very early in the shot clock. And at that point, I right after that, I said on Twitter, like, keep shooting it, Coos. Like, mm-hmm. keep shooting it, man, because I think it's important for him to continue to play with a certain level of confidence because that is the basis of his game. And I do not think shrinking him down even more is the best way to get something meaningful out of him. If that's your plan, you might as well just play Morris. 
Morris is probably the more effective, better basketball player within the context of a more narrow role. Kuzma Mm -hmm. is a more potentially dynamic player. And I feel like in the same way that you and I talked about Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith on our last podcast, the guy who's currently on the roster who offers some of that is Kyle Kuzma. Mm -hmm. We are going to talk about the Clippers next. In the Christmas Day game, Kuzma was the guy who mm-hmm. came out like, this game matters. Right. He's not afraid of the moment. That, then that's one thing with Kuz is that he's played pretty well in the Boston game. He's played pretty well in, in a few of and the, sort the of bigger big, games. Right. right? He didn't and, play against Milwaukee in that first one. Maybe when you're saying, you know, like, I'm about ready to sort of like, I'm backing up off of him a little bit mm-hmm. more. Well, now, he's just right? got to do like, it. He's got to do it. It's got to stop being hypothetical yes. in the future. It's just like, do it. I'm with you 100% on that. And so maybe this is me sort of the confidence. I'm not saying I have confidence. What I am saying is that I am projecting a little bit for myself. Like, keep getting after it, man. Keep going. Because that's what the Lakers actually need from him. And, and so there's an analysis side from me where I'm with you 100%. And, and like, and right. We need to see results. Oh, if I was coaching him, I'd be, yeah, you, you got to keep a guy like that. His confidence yes. of him, like he's a rhythm player. He's somebody that you need. If you're, you know, if you've got his ear, you need to be telling him exactly the things that you're saying. Yeah. Man. But like time is running out for this kid to figure it out. Sure. The, the thing I, I'm curious about in this game, again, is those second quarters. Lakers had four points for, off of the bench the entire game. The bench played 75 minutes and scored four points. Kuz will you know, address that to some degree. But that was one of the games, one of the several games against the elite teams in the NBA, where I was like, oh, we are too small on the wing. Yeah. And for all of what Kuz has done to piss me off this year, The one thing has been like he's competing, he's rotating defensively. I've been pretty happy with him on defense. And if he's doing that from the three spot with Morris at the four coming off of the bench, uh, you know, AD or or Dwight at the five, I'm curious to see how the Lakers handle that. I actually think that Milwaukee is a small ball. Like we should, we should be. You should treat them like a small ball team. Yeah. Right. Like that. Like Dwight Howard, for example, was a minus 15 in 15 minutes when we played the Bucks in that, in a game that we lost by seven. And so, and that brings me to Vogel, right? Curious to see if Vogel does treat this upcoming stretch like a dress rehearsal. But I, I do think that the addition of Morris slides Kuzma down a spot to the three. And all of a sudden, we're not quite so small against those teams that, you know, even the game against Boston when Tatum was on fire, like, Who's helped address that, yeah. right? It was a team effort, but just something like that is if we can play Milwaukee and the Clippers fairly even in that early second quarter and that early fourth quarter stretch where those lineups are out there, that's that's the key to the game. If we can do that, we're in business. Yeah, there's two other things when you ask me about specifics that I'd like to see in this game. The there's two other aspects that I think are super important when you play the Bucks specifically. It's off the dribble shooting in pick and roll situations and it's pick and pop situations. This is where, mm, this is where mm. Vogel matters a lot too, right? The pick and pop situation is really a personnel decision, right? It's Anthony Davis at the mm-hmm. five. It's lineups with Anthony Davis, LeBron and Marquise Morris, or you, you mm-hmm. know, there's lineups with. What does that, what does that matter against? What does that matter against? Because Brooke Lopez is one of the best and most dedicated 
centers in terms of playing drop coverage in the entire NBA. And the Lakers have dealt with this a lot as well, right? Like you and I talked about this throughout in terms of the Lakers defense. They also play a drop coverage, although over the course of the season, they've gotten a bit more aggressive in terms of how they've played at the point of attack with their big Mm -hmm. men. Milwaukee has not gotten more aggressive. Lopez is going- They haven't needed to. It's working. (laughs) Lopez is going to play at the free throw line or he's going to have a foot in the paint regardless of where you set that screen at. He is not going to go any higher. And guys who can shoot off of the dribble, ball handlers, have an ability to get open shots, especially if the screener is making good contact against that player at the point of attack. And so LeBron especially is meaningful in this game in terms of his comfort level of shooting off of the dribble. And Kuzma, Morris, and Anthony Davis are going to be super important in terms of their frequency of how they pop and their mm. ability to make the shot as the popping big man and their want and not hesitation, right? Like their want to take right. that shot right. and do not hesitate. Because one of the things that the Lakers can exploit against the Bucks is Anthony Davis, the five, mm-hmm. he pops on pick and pops with LeBron James. He needs to shoot that shot. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if he makes his first one, or if he makes two of his first three or four, guys are going to start to rotate to him. And that's going to unlock a bunch of backside actions and basically show and goes by Anthony Davis, where he is going to get into the paint and wreak havoc. He's going to draw fouls on Lopez. He's going to get M1 baskets, and he's going to open up wide open shots for KCP and Danny Green, all the guys who were lurking in that weak side corner, because the help is going to come because it's Milwaukee's defensive scheme that says we want to take away the stuff at the rim. And so guys like DiVincenzo and Connaughton and Marvin Williams, all those guys are going to be collapsing right to the restricted area every single time. And the Lakers are going to have to hit those shots, but it's going to start with the point of attack. And that means the ball handler. And that means the pick and pop big. The ball handler for the Lakers that can do what you're talking about is LeBron and pretty much only LeBron on this team, especially when it comes to hitting pull up threes, which is where you get that additional value with the big and a drop coverage. That's why those shots are open, whether it's that pull up three or that pick and pop. That's that's what's available. And that brings me to the Clippers, because in both of the Clippers games and the Milwaukee game, the Lakers outside shooting has abandoned them. The Clippers game was particularly frustrating because one, they were up by what, 15 points and and they totally blew it down the stretch. This is also one of the games where like having Morris and just LeBron starting to turn it on post all-star break. Like I felt like the Lakers got punked in that fourth quarter and they kind of fell apart. That was the most nauseating game of the season for me for that sure. reason. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's also a regular season game in December at the end of the day that does not write the Lakers final fate. But Anthony Davis was 0 for 6 from 3 against Milwaukee. It, on Christmas, AD was 1 for 6. So that's 1 for 12 from 3. LeBron was 3 for 7 against Milwaukee, which is perfectly fine. He was 2 for 12 against the Clippers on Christmas. That's a game where I would have wondered what LeBron would have looked like had he not taken that knee to the groin yeah. from in like uh, the second minute uh, of the game, Patrick man. Beverly. It was super early. It was like this third play of the yeah. game, dude. Yeah, it was super early, and it was like a reaggravation of 
a, a minor injury that had kept him out for a game or two before that, yes. right? So it was like, uh, here we go again. So that said, LeBron has not shot well against the Clippers. The Clippers, part of what's made those games so maddening, aside from feeling like the Lakers kind of got punked on Christmas, was the Clippers are just playing. They're just daring us to shoot. And we are not making shots. Avery Bradley has stunk it up against them as a shooter. Danny Green was hot on opening night, not as much in the second game. We are already covered AD. These are both been games where like Rondo had four turnovers against the Clippers in 20 minutes. He had five and 18 minutes against Milwaukee, where he's looked especially overmatched on both ends of the court. So that's one thing I'm going to be looking for, too, is like, can Rondo at least hang out there? I don't think he can, but it would be nice to see glimpses of that being a possibility before we go relying on that come playoff. Well, it'd be nice to see the version of Rondo that played against Boston. Let's do it. Right. Give me that. Give me that. You and I have talked a lot and some of this has not made the recording and that's probably better <laughs> for everyone involved. But by hook or by crook, by luck or by expletive, <laughs> he sort of either do to have a good game against one of these teams or you need to basically abandon hope that it's coming at all. I'm sure some of us- That's what I'm saying, yeah. man. I, I, I hope they better be looking at it that way, yeah. man. Because if it happens over and over again against these types of teams in the regular season, by the time we get to the Western Conference Finals, do we have to be down two to one in the series yeah. before the thing that was obvious all along before there's sure. a change made? So yeah, yeah, this is, for him, this is a like- you know, time is now, but yeah, give me Boston. Give me that, that, uh, version that we saw against Boston, but dude, these guys got to shoot. They, they missed, they shot 45 attempts on Christmas, which I believe is that's still a, that's the most a three huge attempts. number for this Lakers team. Because they weren't defending right. us on the perimeter yeah. and we couldn't make open shots. So on one hand, it's extremely frustrating. On the other, it's encouraging of like, how well is not defending LeBron James on the perimeter going to work out for you over the long yeah. run? But yeah, man, like I, the, the Lakers, they just have to make shots to get them out of what they're doing. I have a question for you. So one of the ways that LeBron okay. has been super effective this year has been working out of the post, right? And yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for bringing this up. The interesting thing about both the Clippers and the Bucks is that they actually have the size to sort of contend with him down there. How important is it? For him to basically still be dedicated to be down there, how important is it for him to make it a point of emphasis based off of the way that these teams have defended him in the screen and roll, which is basically keeping size at the rim and, and really taking away pocket passes and lob threat stuff? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's only so many different avenues for LeBron James to be great, which sounds funny, because you're like, what the hell are you talking about? It's just that he's so good at those things that he normally overwhelms everyone in one or two of those ways regardless, right? And so, oh, you're taking away my post game? Well, guess what? I'm going to burn you in pick and rolls and I'm going to be a terror in transition. Like, oh, you're taking away my transition play? Well, guess what? This is the game I'm hitting five three-pointers and I'm going to murder you in the post. He just has enough tools in his bag that even if it's only four, they're both so mm. damn good that he just dominates you. 
he ends up just dominating. Right, it's you. like a baseball pitcher. If he's got a great like fastball and changeup, like maybe he needs to throw a curveball occasionally. But if he's dominant yeah. at these two change of speeds, like yeah, what are you and then do? if you add a slider, which looks like a fastball right, too, yeah. and now it breaks, right, you're like, right. oh, it's this guy's over, a Cy right. Young winner year year after year. So that's which basically is basically LeBron what LeBron is. Yeah. And so the thing is, is though the Bucks don't switch the pick and roll, but they play a, a sort of clamp coverage with like almost like a bracket coverage in the NFL, right? Where they're sort of bracketing the tight end look that's in us. the middle. Look, look at us look. being versatile commentators. Just put us on first take and let us blow these dudes away, right? There we go. Let's just go. Anyways, yeah. but they're sort of bracket. Oh, yeah, they're protecting the basket. Yeah, yeah. They are bracketing him. They're bracketing him with the big that's playing in front of him. And then they're bringing back pressure and side pressure with the guy who's trying to get over the top of the screen or going under on him, right? And then they've got the size mm -hmm. to sort of contend with him on the post. So let me get back to my original question before we went on a typical LFR pod tangent. Multi-sport multi rant, yes. How important to you is it for him to be in the post against these specific opponents? And how important is it that he's, that if he is going to be down there, that not only is he scoring well, but that he's drawing help? Because I feel like that's where he really kills opponents. So really, it all comes down to him scoring well. And I'm so glad that you brought up the post game because that was something that I really wanted to advocate for is him Playing. Now, it's different from playing against the Pelicans, right, where they got nobody that can guard him. Guys like Marcus Morris, Kawhi Leonard, uh, even Paul George to an extent, they've got at least some size, some grown man mm -hmm. size too, rather than what, what they got in New Orleans, that maybe LeBron cannot score out of there. That said, I think that that is another approach that we have not really utilized that much. Remember we did it in the first half of the Clippers game. We posted up LeBron a ton. We didn't post him up as much in the second half. It was more yeah. AD and we posted up AD a lot. I've seen some improvement from AD as a passer and not enough games for me to be confident about it. But this is just something I'm going to be keeping an eye on is how well is he passing out of double teams and how well is he, he made a couple of good uh, my, reads. My last brought game. this up last night. Yeah, he made a couple of good, good reads against a good defensive team, even with uh, both their stars out. Philly rotates really well, gets a lot of steals. Um, and yeah, my brother pointed this out. I was like, yeah, that's actually true that um, he's been passing a little bit better. Uh, I'll have to keep an eye out for, for his footwork. But really, LeBron is the guy that if LeBron needs to be able to LeBron needs to be able to dominate as a scorer in his individual matchup because Milwaukee or the Clippers both essentially have the same strategy against the Lakers. Milwaukee, it's against everybody with Clippers. It's more customized to us, but we're going to take the rim away. You better make open shots. Yep. That's essentially their, their strategy. While it's easy to just take the open shots from there, I still think that putting pressure on the rim. LeBron is the one guy that can like beat your strength, right? Like you can scheme to stop. Shaq was like this too. You can scheme to stop that dominance around the basket, uh, but it's difficult, yeah. right? And if you can get them to break where they're strongest, I think that that it's not a house of cards, right? Both teams are really, really good. Uh, but that is when I think, you see what they do will start to crumble, yeah. right? When you can get them where they're strong. Where, where do you view kind of LeBron in the post in terms of importance on how No, I think it's super important, man. Like he has shown that he can score down there. I actually think it's one of the ways where if he's committed to it, I'd like to see him go down there and try to draw some fouls too. Like not just shoot the mm -hmm. fade away, but like, okay, like 
let's make this sort of like a war in the trenches a little bit. And I've loved how he's attacked. I'd love to see, look, I'd love to see him tell the refs, like, then call a fucking charge then. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go through your chest. I am LeBron James. Like one of the things that he does so well is LeBron has great strength, but he also has great body control. And it's one of the reasons Mm -hmm. why he's so good in the post against smaller players. It's he doesn't need to bowl through them in order to be effective. He leans on you and he backs up in to you with enough force so that you feel him. And then when you try to. Well, and you got to lean back, right? You got to lean back or else you're going to get back. Down and then when the you basket. try to compensate for that, he spins off you or he drops steps right. you. And then suddenly he's at the front mm-hmm. of the rim and he's putting the ball right, like right in the basket. Or if he spins off you, he's putting you in the damn basket with the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Like do not jump with him. And, and so, but against a guy like Kawhi, who is horse strong, right? Like this dude is. <laughs> This uh-huh, dude is country uh-huh. strong against a guy like Paul right. George, against a guy like Morris. Like, I wouldn't mind if LeBron said, you know what? I haven't fouled out of a game since I don't know when. You know what? I'm burning one of these fouls right. on a shoulder right a on a shoulder mm-hmm. right through this dude's chest. Like, when you talk that's about right. Shaq, that's what Shaq would do every once in a while. Shaq, Shaq would that, Shaq, that, uh, that, that Shaq would chicken his, uh, wing yeah. you. He chicken would wing chicken you, yes. wing you. And he would basically put you on the ground one time. Mm-hmm. And, and he would do it early too. be like, like, if, if you want to stay in there, this is what, you, what you're exactly. in for. Yeah. And that's where I think the post is a little bit important for LeBron against these specific teams. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily just as a scoring weapon and then as a way to draw help and then do all of the LeBron things that that he does. What's the one thing that you have talked about in specific to the Clippers and Bucks and a couple of other teams, Philly, you mentioned it against Orlando. Mm -hmm. Big wings. Big wings and like size and what's that T word? Toughness. Toughness. Well, yes, yes. And there is a certain element of that where you and I, I think both agree that the other team has shown a bit more of that in these games. Physical toughness mm-hmm. in that sort of meltdown game on Christmas, a little bit more mental toughness. And <sighs> if you're LeBron James, I just love to see like, okay, like I may just waste a couple of possessions here or there, just sort of showing I'm, I'm big and I'm strong and I'm just going to show you just how big and strong I am. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if those possessions turn into nothing. It does, I don't even care if they turn into offensive fouls. I don't, it'd be great if they turn into and one buckets or whatever, right? Whatever way they go, I would just love to see him say, you know what? Today is one of those days where I'm just going to bring it. Against Philly, Anthony Davis decided against Philly, you know what? I'm just, we're not going to lose this game. That was so nice to see, by the way, Anthony Davis take over in that way. Now, mind you, they're shorthanded, blah, 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 but it's not really about the opponent. It's about He took it right to freaking Al Horford, bro. Like, look, Al Mm -hmm. Horford was the guy that Philly brought in Philly brought in Al Horford. You you know why? Because Al Horford would stand toe-to-toe with Giannis. He would stand toe-to-toe with Joel Embiid. Well, guess what? He tried mm-hmm. to stand toe-to-toe with Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis said, oh, crossover, boom, I'm going right by you. Oh, I'm jumping right over you for an offensive rebound. I'm spinning right off of you, and I'm going to do a bunch of, like, I am just a better athlete than you and i'm going to be physical in moments i need to be physical and i'm going to win this matchup and in tune i'm going to win this game 
LeBron is not in his physical prime. People will already say he is no longer the best player in the world. They will put Kawhi ahead of him. They will put Giannis, Giannis. <laughs> ahead of him. Well, who are the next two opponents? I don't want to be all talk radio guy, hot take guy. That's not what this is about. Well, well you know, this is, but no, it matters. It matters, man. Like LeBron has come after. It's it, I've laughed at his performances against like Luca and Zion and uh, the different like young stars in the NBA. Just kind of like a just re, just a reminder to you who the king is. Uh, but now he's up against his peers. Like Giannis is incredible, man. Like to me, as amazing as LeBron's been, Giannis is the MVP yeah. of the league. Like he's he's and, and so the whole. LeBron built up over the summer this idea that, you know, he's being doubted, which is something that the greats always sure. do. Somebody like LeBron James really has to dig deep to find slights. And but he found plenty of it, right? With the Lakers missing the playoffs last year. And he's been unbelievable this year, man. Um, but he has not done that well against the other guys that are in that conversation, specifically Kawhi and Giannis this year. So that would be something that he's been phenomenal after the All-Star break as a scorer. This to me, these are this is the most important stretch of games the Lakers have coming up this season, whether it's Milwaukee, Clippers, all the way through a couple of Denver and Utah games. It's the closest thing to a dress rehearsal that the Lakers are going to have and ultimately what this this team is going to go as far as lebron takes them if lebron can go toe to toe with those guys and match the production of Kawhi, match the production of giannis which he did not do mm -hmm. in their three games that they've played so far we're in business if he can't we don't and it, it basically comes down to that any any final thoughts on on these couple games coming up yeah, and I don't want to go long on this, but for all the stuff we talked about, LeBron, I just brought up Anthony Davis against Philly. Mm -hmm. Who's the guy who's likely to actually see minutes on Giannis and see minutes on Kawhi Leonard, especially defensively? It's Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. And so for all of the, he could, he could be the front runner defensive player of the year, he could be this, he could be that, first team all NBA, whatever. These are sort of proving ground games a little bit for Anthony Davis, too. And Very much. Beyond that, though, just like big challenges that you want to see him get up for as well, right? And, and so for all of the talk that we just had about LeBron, that stuff goes for Anthony Davis, too. I think it's especially important on the defensive side of the ball. But these are also teams that are going to, based off of the defensive stuff that we just talked about, about how they're going to approach LeBron, they're going to play Anthony Davis very similarly. Mm -hmm. They're going to make him play over the top of them and make him finish through and around contact and, and just physical play. I still think that that's mostly the mindset teams have against Anthony Davis is, is sort of like that old sort of Steph Curry approach, like let's rough them up mm -hmm. and see what happens. I'm very interested to see AD sort of continue to bring it. He's he played well in that Milwaukee game and he's played and he's had some really good moments against the Clippers as well. I'd like to see him continue that and and actually like even step it up a little bit more and just show like, yeah, I'm a part of this conversation too, right? If you're mm -hmm. rattling off the top five players in the league, Anthony Davis's name has been there all season. Well, that's what these games are about. Sure. Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, LeBron James. Oh yeah, and Anthony Davis. 
So no, it's a great point. Gonna it's be funny because I like I trust games. I trust LeBron to be that guy, and the fact that my mind did not first go to Anthony Davis, like like you pointed out here, is a sign that I don't trust AD. And AD was actually really good in that Milwaukee game, uh, but I like AD is still earning my you're a tier one superstar respect. Hmm. Um, and, and maybe he already is, but it's just in a different way where he's so good on defense that being like the, being a tier two guy on offense combined with being arguably the best defensive player in the game makes him, it puts him in that conversation already. I just think that sure. there, there's a certain degree of shot making, a certain degree of you can't guard me that comes with being in that conversation, no matter how good you are on the defensive end. Yeah. Because on offense, we can give you the ball every time. On defense, you might not be involved in every play. You won't be, um, whereas that's not true on, on offense. And so that's part of actually why I want to see LeBron in the post more, is I think that that can kind of degrade and compromise a defense in a way that is more conducive to AD's dominance on putbacks, flash cuts, lobs, things like that, rather than throw the ball to him in the mid post and let him go to work. But either way, this is uh, the most important stretch in my estimation of the regular season with these two games being two of the most important. So it should be a very uh, interesting weekend between Friday and Sunday. Um, let's hope Lakers can get a couple of W's. Until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast, and we will catch you guys next time. Ainge has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. And the Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Gamble in and out. The ball is tipped, and it's saved. Three seconds left. Here's Van Exel. This is for the win. He got it. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. An amazing performance by Kobe. With his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance in Boston. Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I know Red Arbach is uh, rolling over. Kobe. Are you kidding me? Unreal! Are you kidding me? How strong was that? A triple on a fall away in the corner with a shot locked down. Lakers by three. Ryan spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. And the critical part was Pietras jogging back. Didn't bounce the floor. It's a two-for-one situation. Kobe Bryant picked up by Powell. There's the move. Two, one. Listen! Brian, yes, and that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. Bad insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me?